Blog Talk Radio. Zach Levine, Marcus Cousins, Marcus Smart, Julius Randle, Jabari Parker, Tyree Evans, LeBron James, DeAndre Jordan, Isaiah Thomas, Aaron Gordon, Chris Paul, JJ Reddick, Clint Capella, Kevin Durant, Paul George. This is Jay Lethal, the undisputed champion of the wrestling world. John Sullivan. It's Babs, Boosie. Michael Thompson talking. It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. And Jerry Rose. Charles Johnson. Psycho Killer, Kamasa Champa. This is Matt Blair. Thank you for listening to Sportscast Radio. Sportscast Radio. Welcome to Sportscast Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, it is finally time. Elijah, sorry for going all Bill Maurer on there, or whatever his name is. <laughs> We're doing it live! <laughs> What's that guy's name? <laughs> we'll do it live! Oh, um... What's his face? Bill O'Reilly. He's a, he's a, Bill O'Reilly, Thank you. yes. Thank you. Yes, we'll do it live! <laughs> I gotta get that as a sounder. Ladies and gentlemen, the Sportscast Radio annual free agency special is here and if you guys remember 2015 i said look 2015 2016 27 2018 and everyone was like oh you mad lebron didn't come to la i said no he's gonna go to cleveland for like four years when he's free he's coming to la guys we're an hour away it could happen it could happen. Obviously, James Dolan is on the line, New York Knicks uh, owner. Uh, he's at a local pub in downtown Manhattan playing his saxophone. Dolan, how how are you doing tonight? I'm just wondering how 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 much I can screw up the Lakers roster this free agent season. The Lakers. I mean the the Knicks. I'm sorry, the Knicks. The Knicks. I've I've had a few drinks, so. You are on the right track to screwing up that team, James Dolan, because you don't I'm, even I'm know also, I'm also in process of thinking about selling the team, too, so Ooh. maybe I'll screw it up even worse. <laughs> Elijah McNeil, my co-host from Standing A Count, is on live with us tonight, kicking it as always, because I've been I've been demanding to talk hoops with them, and always the man you hear every Tuesday night with the Get to Know Him segment, Nick Hagberg coming back. What is going on, Nick? Uh, doing well. I, I, you know, I had to make my, my yearly appearance, so I'm glad uh, glad to come on. <laughs> See? That's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. Uh, right now, I'm just going to drop this. We got breaking news right off the bat here. Uh, apparently, that party in OKC that Russell Westbrook is hosting for Paul George Maybe a success. Uh, Paul George and the Thunder aren't headed for a verbal agreement on a new two or three year max deal at 11.01. They will have fooled a lot of us. It sounds like Paul George is going back to OKC, which now is putting DeMarcus Cousin as an in- increasingly likely target for the Lakers on a short team max deal to play with LeBron James. Yeah, I, so, I heard something about about Cousins. Like the Lakers being all in on Cousins just a few minutes ago, getting them there. So, man, uh, hey, I'm surprised Paul George is staying. 
Yeah. No, that's that's where I was gonna go. I mean, you know, real quick before I go to Nick, Elijah, elaborate that. Where did you? How did you think this was all gonna play out? Well, I wasn't sure if Paul George was gonna go to the Lakers, but I didn't think there was really gonna be any chance that Paul George stayed in OKC. Uh, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty surprised actually. I mean, I guess Westbrook's party got him got him to stay, but I'm surprised. Did he uh, did he bring the Migos? Was that was that Maybe. the platinum artist that was there? That's, that's, I'm surprised the Migos would probably. I'm I'm thinking they'd be in ATL hanging out with uh, Trey. Ooh, Trey Young getting corrupted early. I like it. <laughs> You know, Nick, I'm curious about your opinion because you know I've been all in on this Lakers situation. What do you? What's your thoughts about the supposed PG-13 to stay in OKC, and now it sounds like Boogie and LeBron, which, to be honest, might be the best case scenario anyway. I think. What do you? What do you got here? Uh, yeah, I I mean, in terms of Paul George, I mean, I, I think over the last few weeks, um, I mean, I definitely thought that he was going to. LA like probably the rest of us um you know if you would have asked me a month ago I probably would have said would have gone to the Lakers but I think over the last few weeks I think it's just kind of been trending towards um him ultimately taking a max deal with OKC and I think that the one thing that really stood out to me is a couple days ago uh they announced that he was doing a three-part ESPN documentary um where he was going to walk viewers through the free agent process and I mean when you, I mean, when you think about that, and then you kind of reflect back to um, the decision that LeBron did on ESPN and all the backlash he took, I just think that, um, I, I mean, who would do a three-part series and ultimately leave Oklahoma City behind? I mean, I, I think when that when I heard that happen, I think I was definitely kind of le- leaning towards uh, what it sounds like he's going to be doing. That's that's a good interesting point. You know, I gotta say, as much as I, I, I really wanted them to to get PG thirteen, get LeBron. I'm kind of look at the, looking at this as a positive, because if you can short term max boogie, and even even depending how much you you truly have to pay him, you know, if he takes a let me come in, prove my worth. You now have his bird rights, and you can go over the cap, I believe, so you can sign him, and you still have some money. Who's to say now they can't bring back Julius Randle? So if you're, you know, if you got a core of, if Randle can come back, and we all saw he was, you know, I mean, he he statistically I think was the third best player after the All Star break behind behind Harden and LeBron, or I think he had, I think he was even putting up at a better better like per average than Anthony Davis. Um, you got Randle, Ingram, Kuzma, Lonzo, Josh Hart. You drafted Mo Wagner. Now you got LeBron and DeMarcus Cousins, and then you still got Zubak and Thomas Bryant. That's a pretty good team. I mean, it may end up being one of those things where, dang, I'm kind of bummed we got Paul George and still have dang, but we we just can't, we added Boogie, and now we get to play more of our young guys. And who's to say you still can't flip Ingram at a first because now here's going to be my next thing, Elijah. I'll go to you first on this year. While we, uh, Corey Hansbridge should be joining us in just a few minutes, so we'll we'll kind of go wrap this part up until we get to him after this. But is this a situation now where if you're San Antonio, you're going crap? 
we need to do this trade now before L.A. goes, look, this is what we're going to give you now. Take it or leave it because he's going he's gonna to walk. And we got two guys, so we have the leverage. Should R.C. Buford call Rob Plink and go, all right, man, I'll t- give me Ingram and give me a first-round pick and you got a deal? Ah, uh, man, that's a, that's a that's a tough one. I mean, if you could get Kawhi Leonard in Los Angeles with DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins, I think that presents the most effective um, trio to go against Golden State because you got the the big man, which Golden State kind of has a hard time, you know, covering big guys who can score and rebound stuff down low. And then you add Kawhi's perimeter defense and his scoring, and then you add LeBron James. Like I, I think that team would give Golden State's more fits than like a Paul George, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard type of team. So, I mean, the ball's in the Lakers' court, and I think they have a lot of ammunition now, especially if they get the Cousins. So, I think I think if I'm the Lakers, um. I'm calling and offering, offering the Spurs, pretty much whatever I can offer them to get to get uh, Kawhi. Because cause you have all the like, you, you know, it's one of those things too where you know you go to you go to like a barter and you're like, uh, they're like, all right, this is twenty two ninety nine, I'll give you fifteen bucks, and they're like, we uh, twenty dollars, and you're like, no, I'll give you fifteen, and they're like, no. Okay, and you walk away. Nine times out of ten, they'll go, okay, okay, come back. $15. Why don't they just do that to the Spurs? Look, you can have any one of these guys between Kuzma, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, or we can sign and trade with Julius Randle, and we'll give you a first-round pick. And I'll tell you what, we'll even, we'll even give you a second first-round pick. But that's it. And if you know, if they're like, no, we want we want Ingram, Kuzma, and two firsts. All right, see ya. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just I feel like RC Buford's got to go. Mm, do I really want them to walk out the door? Because look look at what Kyrie Irving demanded. It essentially turned out to Rodney Hood, Jordan Clarkson, and the number eight pick, and and Larry Nance. You you know yeah. and. At the time, we didn't know how good Oladipo was going to become and what Sabonis was going to be, but that was pennies on the dollar for Sabonis and, and Oladipo for Paul George. Why, you know, so if I'm them going, why, why do I up? And who's to say, if, you know, if I'm San Antonio and I'm R.C. Buford and I'm confident in what my coaching staff with, with Pop and Becky Hammond and company can do, I'd love to have Brandon Ingram because he can play two positions like Ben Simmons. I could maybe mm-hmm. turn him into an all-star, and he's cheaper and more cost control. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, I don't know, Nick. What do you think about this whole situation? Should can, can Magic and Palenka really strong arm the Spurs if this goes down, or how do you think this should get handled? Well, I think, I mean, I think they definitely, um, I mean, I, I think they definitely have the upper hand. I think, but but my concern is. You offer a package, a good enough package, to intrigue San Antonio because people. I mean, you got to remember, the the Spurs technically have until um, next the next trade deadline to get rid of Kawhi. But the, the the thing that is working in the Lakers' favor is the fact that I think that the relationship with Kawhi is beyond repair with 
um, the front office. And I think that, um, you know, I think you look at the Lakers front office and I think that, you know, the guys in charge, I mean, I, I think they're both, um, I, I think they both have an ability to, to connect with free agents really well. And I think that, um, and I think that was kind of the big issue with Kawhi is the fact that, you know, uh, those guys in San Antonio kind of turned their backs on him, he felt. So I think that, um, I mean, ultimately they got to probably make a trade for him. But, uh, you know, if you can intrigue the Spurs with some young talent, you know, I don't see why not. Um, you know, one thing I one thing I look at, too, is, you know, Danny Ainge just said, we don't know if we're going to really go after the big fish. And we know Boston's another team that has a lot of, assets that I can guarantee you San Antonio would love to have. They have that Sacramento pick next year. You know, they have a lot of, a lot of young talent from the sounds of it. Yep, exactly. And that's, that's what the kicker is. It sounds like they told the Spurs, we won't even give you Jalen Brown for Kawhi. Wow. So that's how much Danny Ainge thinks it's a waste of time trading for him. The, the talk that I've heard um, and I was trying to get this gentleman on tonight, but I couldn't get a, couldn't get a hold of him. But he, he's he's a guy in Massachusetts who writes. It sounds like they offered straight up Kyrie for Kawhi because that's about the only thing they're willing to part with. Because one, they don't know how healthy Kyrie is to begin with, and two, Kyrie turned down that contract they offered. So I think that already may have stabbed him in the back. Plus, they got Terry Rozier anyway. We saw yeah. what he could do. And. One thing I was going to add is, I mean, if I'm Boston, we have Gordon Hayward coming back. LeBron James is likely leaving the East. They're probably going to be, you know, and if Kyrie Irving sticks around, they're probably going to be the best team in the East or one of the top teams in the East. And if LeBron leaves, they're probably going to be coming out of the East, in my opinion. So, you know, they're probably thinking if it ain't broke, you know, don't fix yeah. it. That's so well, – and, and especially, too, they made that whole playoff run where they were literally a quarter – you know, if they, if this team's two years older, I think they would have beat Cleveland. That It was inexperience yeah. that caught at the end of that game. And, I mean, and LeBron was on a whole new level. I mean, I haven't seen somebody play like that in a playoff series since Dirk did against the, the Heat in 2010 or 2011 or whatever it was. Like, that was the last time I've ever seen somebody – you know, freak show or no, what was it? 2013. Maybe I can't remember regardless, but I haven't seen somebody like freak show in a playoffs like that in since Dirk and LeBron was doing it. LeBron was playing like he had something to prove. They did all that without Hayward or Irving. So why, you know, why are they in, in any sort of reason to try to jump? And the fact that they got that Sacramento picks next year, they're already eyeing Cameron Reddish or Zion Williamson or, or R.J. Barrett or something like that. I mean, they're already – I mean, we might need Chris Ransom for the mock draft, but they're already, they're already ready to go. Um, I don't know. Nick, what do you think could be a destination if not Boston or L.A.? I mean, is it Philly? I mean, what else do you see for San Antonio to do with Kawhi? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that – I think Kawhi, in my opinion, I think that's the most to, – to me it's the most interesting story um, just because, you, you, you know, it, it's the thing is he's under contract. You know, he can't um, – and I, I don't know if he has a no-trade clause or whatnot in his contract. I don't think he does. Um, but, but at the same time, with the thought that, 
his contract is expiring, you, you would assume it would be to a contending team because you you, you know you're not going to have a bottom feeding team trade for a guy and rent him for you know a year and have him walk. So I think it's really a, I mean it's going to be a contending team. But the thing is, I mean like I mean the like you said, I mean how many contending teams have young assets to trade? I mean Boston does. Um, you know you can make an argument for LA, but I think that you know it's, it's hard for a lot of these top-end teams to even put a package together that would intrigue San Antonio enough. So I, I just think it's a really interesting situation and um, looking forward to seeing what happens. And I think, too, another another kicker is, you know, once again, the Lakers can wait if they really want him. And I know that was the thought, we'll wait for Paul George. But I think this Paul George situation is a lot different than the Kawhi Leonard situation. Kawhi Leonard is literally... You know, he played nine games last year because he, he was so over it. He doesn't want to be there. You know, good old Uncle Dennis told him that, you know, you know his, his, his group there. And Paul George, like, they, you know, he did it as a, look, I, I plan on probably going to L.A., so I, I'm telling you this so you can get something for me. Like, he was grateful to the Pacers organization. This Spurs thing doesn't sound like that. I just, I don't know, like, I mean, Elijah, logically, or not even logically, realistically, what do you think comes of this? Does does R.J. Buford say, you know what, screw it, and deals him to L.A., or do they do they let this ride out into the season? I don't know, man. It's, it's tough to say, because you'd think they'd want to get a deal done before people kind of catch on that, you know, it's the point that they have to trade him and he's starting to lose value because people know that they kind of have to get rid of him. So it makes you wonder if they're going to hold on to him and maybe risk that happening or, you know, calling his bluff and maybe seeing if he's going to continue to try and force his way out or if he's just going to get over it, you know, and continue to play for them or play well for them or you know it's just it's weird because there's been rumors saying that the Spurs have no interest of trading Kawhi in the Western Conference so there's Which that too dumb. they don't want to, they don't want to trade him to a Western Conference team so I don't know man it's it's a it's a crazy situation and it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out but you know, you never know. He could, he could be, he could start the season in San Antonio. You know, and it, it's the whole I won't trade in the Eastern or into my conference is, is just asinine to me. If I'm told I can get Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and two first round picks, or I can trade him for Terry Rozier and the Kings pick, what are you taking? What is it? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Why would you take the lesser of two evils just so you don't have to play him? At that point, who knows? You know, you you guys might you're not going to be contending. So what do you care? Like it's not like it's going to yeah. affect anything. I just that's that's the thing that really surprises me. And you know, going back to the Kyrie Cleveland trade, you know, I mean, yes, it was Jay Crowder, the the Brooklyn pick, and Isaiah Thomas. But Kyrie also had two years on his deal, so Boston knew they had him controlled for a couple seasons. San Antonio mm-hmm. doesn't have that luxury. 
You know, as no. of tomorrow, they have exactly one year before he walks, potentially. Yeah. Nick, do you think this gets done, and does he end up in L.A.? Um, no, I think that, I, I, you know, I, the, the thing that I respect about the Spurs is they've always been, a, you know, a top-notch organization in terms of the, the decisions they make. So um, unless they get a deal that's on the table that they simply can't turn down, I don't think they're going to rush this because, I mean, it's, the, the the I mean, if you think about it, when was the last time San Antonio missed the playoffs? I mean, it's you know it's been you know well over a decade. Maybe? So, Ninety five. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you you can't just casually come out here and just say, oh, you know, the spur or the Spurs will take this pack. It's like no, you know, you have, you know, really um, a big part of the organization's history on the line. I mean, they've always been a successful organization, and you know what? Um, I don't know. I mean, but but at the same time, the longer they wait, you know, what if a deal doesn't come up at the deadline? Then he walks for nothing. So, I I mean, it's an impossible situation to predict. I mean, anybody that comes out and tries to say they they know what's going to happen is you know a complete liar. Because to be honest with you, I don't think anybody knows. You know, kind of moving to the other guy that's now into this situation here, Demarcus Cousins. Elijah, what do you think? Is this something where Boogie Cousins is worth the money and with his age and his conditioning that this you know this might not be an injury to be too scared of? And should the Pelicans kind of make sure that he doesn't walk? Because once again, it's a guy going to a different team in your conference. Or is this a blessing in disguise for the Pelicans? Well, the big thing for the Pelicans, I think, is trying to get – Anthony Davis to stay, you know, and I've Ooh, heard yeah. that I've heard that Anthony Davis is really big on having Cousins stay um, in New Orleans, and if they they can't get it done to get Cousins to stay, I think that's going to upset him, and he's probably going to try and look elsewhere when his contract's up or whatever. So I think I think it's probably pretty important for for them to keep. Cousins there, and I mean, you know, there's always risk with big men in like foot and ankle and injuries like that, especially when they start to, you know, get into their, you know, upper 20s, early 30s. Like Achilles is, you know, something that you shouldn't just blow off as like, oh, it's just an, it's just an injury, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so I I think that. They gotta do. They gotta get Cousins back to prove to Anthony Davis that you know they're really committed to making a winner. And if the injury is for Cousins is a bigger deal, you know at least they tried, you know, to keep him and they kept him. And maybe Davis will look at that as uh, them kind of trying to keep them together. So um, obviously there there is a big talk, you know that that. Anthony Davis is a big proprietor on keeping Boogie. He, I mean, we saw when they figured it out, that was getting scary how good those two were playing together. And oh my God. the fact that Insane. they can both stretch the floor is just gross. You know, and, and then, oh, Holiday came back and played better. You know, a lot of the, the big running gag I heard was when, you know, when, when the Pelicans swept uh, 
the Blazers is Holiday channeled his inner Kobe here as he was murdering this team by himself half the time in the playoffs. Um, you know, Nick, same same thing. You know, what's your feeling on this this Boogie Cousins situation now with two teams? Um, I think I, I mean I think it comes down to really what um, I mean I think it comes down to him and you know does he think that because um, I think I mean you got to remember I mean Cousins played on a on an absolutely pathetic Sacramento Kings team for you know the majority of his career so I mean you got to assume that the mindset for him is to win um, so I think uh, I've been reading that you know he's probably going to either sign with the Lakers on a one-year deal, which is, I think is really interesting that, um, that they're reporting that he's signing a one-year deal opposed to a, um, uh, terms of, you know, instead of a longer term contract. But, um, I do think that, uh, based on what I've heard, I think that he does enjoy playing with Anthony Davis. Um, I just earlier today, it was reported that he was likely to resign with the Pelicans, but, you know, but within the last hour, now he's the, tar- now the Lakers are targeting him. So, um, I mean, I think that I think a lot of it will depend on the whole LeBron situation. I can't see Cousins going there without pretty much um, absolute certainty. LeBron's going there as well, so um, I think it'll be something. I think that will be uh, probably, you know, I, I think we'll know in the next few days or whenever LeBron makes his decision. So I don't, I'll be following it though. One one kicker that I'm looking at is I wonder if you know Le- LeBron mentioned the I want one guy to go first kind of thing, which is a little offsetting. Maybe Boogie's that guy now. Maybe LeBron called him and said, "What do you think about going?" And maybe that's what's going to happen. Um, Will Barton, Denver comes to term on a four-year deal just north of fifty million. It sounds like so he. I don't know. I, I I'm guessing Will Barton is going to deny that uh that meeting with the pacers uh so that that's pretty interesting um will <laughs> will the thrill um just just trying to see if anything else interesting has shown up here obviously we're gonna we're gonna get into some some uh, uh zach Levine talk with with michael whitlow when he when he calls in here sorry i'm i'm looking at forty things at once here um Winter is coming, it says. Uh, <laughs> Game of Zones. <laughs> uh, what, I mean, what else we got? Is anyone offset by the fact that DeAndre Jordan's going back to the or going to the Mavericks again? No, I, I figured he'd go back. It, you know, he has a chance to be the man on a really bad team. Uh, to me, it doesn't seem like winning has ever really been a huge thing for him. So he's from Dallas, you know, and, you know, they did kind of end on bad terms. So maybe he feels like he wants to make it up to them or something, but I, I'm, I'm not surprised <laughs> by it. I didn't see him with all the trade talks that were going on with him during this regular season and stuff. I'm not surprised that he's not going back to the Clippers. So it it blows my mind that this dude literally, like, I mean, totally dissed this team, and now he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, if you guys want to have me back, <laughs> I, I'd be willing to come." On. Uh, Corey just said, 
Uh, his phone died, and he just got home. Let me know if we still have any time. So uh, Corey Hansford might swing on uh, at the near the, the tail end of this as we get closer to midnight and pop in for a few minutes after we talk to Kevin. Uh, Nick, uh, what, what do you think about this whole Dallas Mavericks DeAndre Jordan thing? Um, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm not going to be, uh, I, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to react to it till he actually signs the contract because we all know what happened last time. So, <laughs> so, so, so right I'm not going to get excited about it till, uh, I, I don't have any further comment until he actually, uh, puts the pen on the, on the piece of paper. So, <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, I was looking at, you know, I was talking to, I was talking to Jordan and a few weeks ago, I said, how bonkers would it be if DeAndre Jordan goes, hey, Dallas, uh, you, you remember that last time? Uh, well, I think I want to come now. And they're like, oh, sure, DeAndre, come on in. Dirk will take another pay cut. You know, he's already down to $5 million. What else can he cut? Suds just kind of blows my mind. Um, what doesn't blow my mind the fact that this man loves New Japan wrestling, pro wrestling as much as I do. Michael Whitlow, what is up, sir? What's going on, my man? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. I am, uh, as I said to you, I blanked that the ROH pay-per-view was last night, and I bought it on Fight TV, and then I fell asleep and then got home and said, bleep, I need to watch this after the show. (laughs) That'll be what I'm doing as I'm refreshing. (laughs) Oh, don't feel bad. I, I bought Evolve 107 thinking I'm going to see Walter against Adam Cole for the NXT North American title, and I completely forgot that it'll be on the network because Triple H isn't an idiot and not going to televise that match, not on WWE programming. So don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. <laughs> was it a good show, though? It, it was solid. It was solid. AR Fox and Matt Riddle tore the house down. It, it was it was a solid show. I, I You know, I, I really come to enjoy Evolve shows. Uh it was kind of kind of something I had to watch a few times to get you know used to and stuff, but it was a good show. I mean, obviously Matt Riddle was the man, so it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, shout out to him and Zack Saber WrestleMania weekend might be one of the top five matches of the year. If you haven't watched it, people go watch it. Elijah, I, I told Hagberg this beforehand. Um, there may be some sporadic wrestling that just comes in, so I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> I don't care. I don't hate wrestling. No, no, you don't at all. You just you don't have as much time. One day, one day, Elijah, you're gonna sit down and we're gonna watch a a live two a.m. New Japan show, and you're gonna have your mind blown. Um, potentially, potentially coming. I love up. new. I, know, I love New Japan is not for kids. <laughs> when you get to hear the girls of destiny swear at every human being, <laughs> or Tonga Loa and Tama Tonga. Yeah, yeah, God <laughs> over there. Uh, I think Tom, Tom is every fifth word is the F word. So, yeah, I would say ah, the TV fuck you. Show. <laughs> oh, I should play the, the disclaimer here, I guess, since we're late night. Nick, sorry about your ears. Uh, I didn't mean to uh, to ruin them with the swearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're all good. Elijah, June or July 14th, I think that's Saturday night. We're going to do a back-to-back because i got to work early. So if you don't work that Sunday, swing on by. You can watch Ke- uh, Kazuchika Okada, Jay White, Tanahashi and Suzuki, uh, Kenny Omega against Tetsuya Naito as well. So you can catch Randall all that. Is Randall going to be there? Randall will not be there because we won't be watching the TNA Impacts. There's, there's oh, a guy, man. Mike, that, now for those of you who don't know, Mike 
Mike has been a, a friend of the show. He's done fantasy wrestling with us. Um, but uh, we've started the official WrestleCast radio Twitter, and he has ghosted us every time we've said a word to him. Uh, but he's extremely polite to us on the SportsCast one. So just so you know, Mike, when you see WrestleCast constantly bothering you, that's me. Uh, and I'm like, dang, he does not like WrestleCast radio whatsoever. So I'm throwing that your way so you know that that's who that is. Um, really? Oh, I, 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 they've never. The weird thing is, that I've never seen a mention from there. At least not for a while. Like, I don't. I don't. That's weird. I, I, I always see you guys on Sportscast, like the mentions in there, but I, I can't remember seeing the WrestleCast once. I'll, I'll keep my eye out for it, though. I got you. I got you. Taking the, the the sweet photo of Omega, like crawling and sitting or looking over Okada, and I was like, was this not the best moment of the night? And then I was like, dang, he's talking about high school basketball, though. I was like, damn. <laughs> my bad, man. But you you know me. My tweets are all over the place. I, I'll go from talking about World Cup soccer to Okada's pants in a matter of tweets. So, you, so you know how funny. I get down. He's mad and he can't get into all in with us, so I think he's holding it against me. <laughs> no, nah, man. Hey, hey, see, look. I, I, I'm happy for you guys. I'm happy you got in, but I ain't going to lie. I'm freaking pissed. <laughs> you you got to get a ticket. You got to come to StarCast because we're actually doing a podcast at uh, that StarCast convention. Oh, no kidding? All right. Yeah, I, I definitely I, – I may I may just, you know, break the bank and just say screw it and get a ticket anyway. But, yeah, I would definitely like to come to Star, StarCast too. And, and and there's there's a little birdie that's not saying it, but we may have Kenny Omega at our table for an interview. But I didn't say that. Nobody said that. But we well, we okay. do need to talk. Like, it, like I know we got to talk basketball, but you can't just drop that in the middle of a conversation and not expect me to freak out about it. <laughs> apologies, apologies. I'm see that what what's well, to get Elijah? Uh, Nick, I apologize. Wrestling just. It just happens, and it, and, it, and it's just tremendous. <laughs> but NBA free agency is obviously on our mind, and we we know, you know, you you've been a big Bulls proprietor and talked with us about the Bulls a lot. And I want to ask you right off the bat, what do you think about Zach Levine? Is he going to get paid and stay with the Bulls, or what's your thought? Okay, here's here's the funny thing. I'm going to preface all of this with. Um, if you don't follow Nick Friedel on Twitter, you should look at his last tweet about Levine. He mentioned potentially Levine like being in the range of four years, 64 mil uh, with his new deal. And Levine sent him a laughing emoji to sum that up for you. So <laughs> going, going into the actual discussion, the Bulls have made it clear over and over that they want to pay Levine. You know, they, they want Levine to be a part of their core moving forward. And it's it's been said by Foreman, it's been said mostly by Paxton, but by Foreman and Paxton that they they want Levine around for a long time. Uh, the the concerning thing obviously is his health. You know uh, they've already had bad luck with knee injuries and just injuries in general in Chicago over the last you know five ten years. Uh, they they're not really. I, I think honestly, I think they're hesitant because um, the Bulls are obviously notoriously cheap, but they're hesitant because he's still a young guy, but. There's definitely some glaring flaws in his game. Um, he's definitely shown that he can put the ball in the basket. Uh, but the problem is, can he defend? And the Bulls need guys that can defend. Because if you look at their roster up and down, even with a talented guy like Lowry Marketing, they don't really have a lot of guys that can stay on in front of the, you know, stay in front of 
guards, one, twos. It doesn't really matter what position. They can't really stay in front of a lot of guys. And really the only guy they have is Chris Dunn. And apparently, according to Joe Cowley of the Chicago Sun-Times, Dunn's been slacking in workouts. So I'm not really sure what the Bulls' plans are heading into free agency with one of these six teams that have more than $15 million of cap space. That's, it's, it's, it's interesting to see what's going to happen. And I know, I know the restriction really throws a wrench into things. But, I mean, what else is the thought that this team does with, okay, if he goes – who do you pay or do you stash for next year when Clay and God forbid Jimmy Butler is ironically a free agent? I mean, <laughs> what's the thought then with this salary? Yeah, you know, I, they've, they've had this plan that they keep discussing, and I, I think next summer is kind of what they're shooting for. I think they were kind of hoping to see two years of progress with Markin and, and Don and Levine and I guess Cameron Payne, but that guy should have been in the G League and maybe out of the league, you know, a couple of years ago. But I, oh, I digress. Uh, but I, I guess for the for the core guys, the, you know, the Mark and Duns and Levine, I, I think they want to see more progression from those guys and try to sell free agents next year like the Clays and possibly LeBron again and Kevin Durant and, you know, all these big names that, you know, Chicago's a big place to play. It's a big market. You know, a lot of history, obviously, with Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, you know, Grant, uh, you know, all these great guys from the 90s. You know, there, there's still some history there, you know, and obviously there's plenty to do in Chicago. You know, it, it, obviously you can, if you can make it there, you know, you, you can become a megastar. You know, it, it's really done wonders for Jimmy Butler. And, you know, it, it's just, it, it's an interesting place, but it's like you look back to all of the weird things that have happened, the, the Luol Deng spinal tap, you know, the Derrick Rose saga, the Jimmy Butler saga. Does Do free agents want to come to Chicago looking at all that? I don't think so. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, I'm just going to jump in here. Um, kind of talking about, uh, you know, the fact that you're saying that you don't think free agents are going to want to come to Chicago. You know, I mean, th- I mean, take the speculation out of it, like from a, from somebody who follows the Bulls as close as you, would you rather them try to take a risk and go after some of the big fish either, um, well, probably next summer, because next summer's free agent class is pretty um, deep as well, So, or would you rather them take the route it kind of looks like they're going, trying to rebuild this from within and through draft picks and um, trying to acquire cap space? I think the big thing, and I think the thing they're going to go for is the cap space. I, I think they want a lot of – a big word, and a, it's kind of a trigger word among Bulls social media members is is flexibility. And, and the Bulls preach that a lot. And in terms of what they want to do moving forward, I think they like, at least forming a pack, I think they like what they have. Uh, they, they really wanted Wendell Carter Jr., who I'm still a little hesitant on, but I think was a solid pick when you when you kind of look at it in the grand scheme of things because I think he fits well with marketing. And then they, they got Chandler Hutchinson, which making a promise to a guy almost, you know, a month and a half, two months before the draft was really weird, especially a guy that kind of has a limited offensive skill set. But I think they like the guys that they have, and I think they want to stay young. And I think they kind of want to rebuild from within and then use that cap space to maybe go get a big fish next year. And do you think that Fred Hoiberg will be a part of this? Because I've, I've heard some rumblings the last couple of years that, you know, 
maybe maybe he's not the right coach long term. So I guess what are your thoughts about that? You you know that, that's a great question. Um, I, I like Fred. I, I think Fred's a good guy. I think he's a good basketball coach. I just don't think he's the right guy for the Bulls. I I just something about the guy just it just doesn't seem to click. You know, in terms of being an NBA head coach. And we've given it, you know, I tried to give him some more time because, you know, it, it really wasn't his fault with the whole Butler-Wade-Rondo situation because none of those pieces fit. It was like trying to jam a circle into a square peg. It just didn't work. And it showed. I mean, yeah, they made the playoffs, but they got, you know, eliminated after Rondo went down and it was just a whole ugly saga. And they basically ended up paying Dwayne Wade $40 million for one mediocre, actually not even mediocre, I'm not going to give him that much credit, one very bad year. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's just, I think the, the tricky thing with Fred is now that we've seen him with the pieces that supposedly fit in his hoy ball system, you know, I, hoy ball. Results gonna come. I, <laughs> I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. And I really don't think so, honestly. And it, it's nothing against Fred. I think he's a great guy. He's a good, he's a good basketball mind. I just don't think he's a great coach. What are your takes about Hoiberg? Uh, I think he's more suited for the college game. I think he, I think he has a, maybe has a hard time identifying with the grown men of the NBA, whereas I think he's better at kind of dealing with younger college kids. Um, I just... You saw that with that veteran Bulls team that he just didn't really didn't really fit well with them. I I don't know why, but it just seemed like that. But in college, you know, he's a great recruiter. Seemed to be a, a very good college coach. I just like Whitlow said. I just think he might not be the best NBA coach. And then I was actually going to go back to Zach Levine with what I was going to ask because. I forgot where I read it, but I read somewhere that the Bulls were kind of feeling like Zach Levine has some like entitlement issues, and that they are like kind of leery on paying him just because they feel like you know he feels like he's entitled to a big payday, and they want they want him to prove more. And being a big Timberwolves fan that I am, you know, there's a lot of Minnesota Timberwolves fans, especially in one of the message boards I'm in, that were like super pissed off to see Zach Levine go and thought this guy was like the greatest player in the world. But I mean, he's he's can he can when he's hot, he can put points on the board and he can get buckets. But I hate his shot selection. <laughs> I hate his defense. And. I felt like when he was in Minnesota, he couldn't. They couldn't figure out if he was a point guard or a two guard. So I don't know. I was, is there is there like was was that? I feel like I said I forgot what I read, but is there any truth to the Bulls feeling like they feel like he has some entitlement issues or that he might be worth more than they think he's worth? You know that that's a that's a good question. Um, I definitely think there's a little maturity issue with, with Zach. And I, I think he's a good guy. It's just, I, I think his game still has a long way to go before he's worth, you know, upwards of a hundred million dollars over four or five years. 
you know, the Bulls, the Bulls are in a weird place because uh, they have, they have some young guys, you know, they, they have, they have a young coach. They're, they're, you know, trying to rebuild this from within, save their draft picks, yada, yada, yada. But the thing about it is, I just don't think Levine, it's like you said, I, and, and like we, you just were discussing, you know, about the message board. And stuff, I think people are right. I, I don't think Levine is as good as he thinks he is. I think he can be a great offensive player, but I think that's about it. I don't think he's going to have any redeeming defensive qualities to where if you need a stop on the wing late in the ball game, I don't think he's that guy. I mean, he seems like more of a liability defensively late in ball games and, it's just I, he's a great offensive talent, but I think that might be about it. Yeah, because he doesn't really play make for other people either. I mean, he's pretty much out there to get his get his own, you know. And like I said, he makes yeah. some he makes some ridiculous crazy shots, but then he also takes some ridiculous crazy shots, and you're like, what are you doing? So. Exactly, and, and I think that's that's where the little bit of overconfidence comes into play. There is he hits one or two crazy shots, he thinks he can make them all. It's kind of that, I guess, that Kobe <laughs> syndrome with, with some guys. They, they make a couple of crazy shots, they think they can make them all. So yeah. it, with 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 Levine, it, it's just I I think he needs to grow more as a human, just to kind of understand that you're not going to make every shot you take. And it's yeah. five on five out here, not one on five. And with him and Dunn in the backcourt, obviously there's some familiarity because they played together in Minnesota as well, then came over to Chicago together. I, I think there has to be more of a trust factor with these guys. And I think that's why the Bulls, I think, are going to continue to rebuild from within. It's because I think they want these guys to have plenty of time together to truly see what they have. Now, that, hopefully that doesn't include Cameron Payne. Now, I promise I'm not harping on Cameron Payne, but I am so sick of watching this guy play basketball. I just oh, I, I read I, I, I read an article worst player I've ever seen. I read I read an article that said that he is probably the worst player in the M, like that's currently in the NBA, like playing in the NBA that's getting playing time. Elijah, oh, Elijah, it, it, who who do you hate worse, Cameron Payne or Adrian Payne? Um. <laughs> Probably Adrian Payne. You know, as a former season ticket holder, three things pissed me off. Zach Levine running the point guard, Adrian Payne, and the fact that some dude named Ernie kept calling Lonzo Alonzo. That's all I got. Continue with what you're ranting about. I apologize. Go back to your conversation. Not Ernie. His name's Eddie. I apologize. Eddie, not Ernie. I always call him Ernie, but it's Eddie. <laughs> well, hell, he couldn't get Lonzo's name right either. So I, I think he said all, he also all, said all Alonzo there. Ball was not a good passer. That was his worst quality. Whoa, whoa! You, did, you know what I told him? You know what I told him? I told him this. Cut that bitch off. That's what I said. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Go back to where Lonzo Ball's best quality was his shooting. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah, a good dude. Passer. Shot like forty-five percent from the free throw line, but he's yeah. a better shooter. Don't remind me. Good boy. Good boy. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but but not not to cut off your 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 Cameron Payne talk, Elijah, with that Adrian Payne one. <laughs> oh God, Adrian Payne, yuck. What, oh, what is uh, what quick, is the better Payne? Change. Cameron Payne, Adrian Payne, 
or when they used to yell, here comes the pain for Brock Lesnar? Oh, I think, I think I'll take abdominal pain over all of them. <laughs> Let's go. Well played. Well played. Let's go. So, I mean, obviously, you, you know, Zach Levine posts the, the, the ha-ha, you know, tweet emoji. And part of me thinks it's about the money. Part of me thinks maybe he was laughing at that guy who posted it. You know, blue check mark homie who nobody's heard of, I'm guessing. Is, <laughs> is this something when it's all said and done? Is, is Zach Levine staying there and getting a bigger contract? Or do you think somebody swoops in, throws money his way? Some team that, that just has a little bit? And I'm going to say this as a, as a crazy thought, but what if a team like Philly just threw money at him because they know they're not getting anyone else? Do they, do they match it or let them walk? You know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I definitely have read reports that the Kings are interested in Zach Levine, and that would, be, that would make a lot of sense because I know Vivek is a, is a guy that likes guys that can really light it up. You know, he's a big Buddy Heald fan when he came out of Oklahoma, he likes wings like a Buddy Heald or a Zach Levine, guys that are out there for their shot and they can light it up in a heartbeat. Uh, I, I think the Kings are in play for that. I think the Atlanta Hawks are in play for that. Uh, I think a guy like Trey Young, who they were really high on, another guy that can, you know, pull up from anywhere on the floor and, and really, you know, light it up at times potentially in, in his future in the NBA. I, I definitely think the Hawks are in play, and they're one of those like five or six teams that it's going to have you know, more cap space than a lot of other teams on the market. Uh, I, I could see it, but I think the Bulls, I, knowing guard packs and following them, the, you know, as much as I have, I think they're committed to keeping Levine in Chicago uh, for a few more years just to see what he can really do. Uh, but it, it would not surprise me if Philly is, is out of the Kawhi sweepstakes and likely out of the LeBron sweepstakes for them to try and make some moves to get some pieces that fit. I like it. I like it. It's it's just it's so interesting where this could go because they're they're a team looking from the outside in and they have a big you know, he's a big piece in this and I don't know how a lot of people covet Zach Levine, but in, in the, the retrospect you, you take take out LeBron, you take out George, you take out DeAndre Jordan, I guess you could say Boogie Cousins. I don't factor in Durant and Chris Paul, even though they're free agents. I mean, Zach Levine's right up there with Julius Randle is one of the biggest fish, and they're both unrestricted. I mean, Jabari Parker's another guy that's unrestricted. Is is this something, too, where the Bulls may say, forget Levine, let's take a shot at one of these other restricted guys and see if something happens? You know, see, that's interesting to me because I, I feel like they've they've maybe put out some flyers maybe because there's going to be some guys that are available and some young guys that are available. I just it, – it, it's just when you listen to Paxson specifically, they seem really, really high on Levine. Now, like you said, you know, they, they, they see him as a feature guy. We're not – but we've all said we're not really sure if he is that guy. It's just it, – it's funny to me how, you know, they they get these guys in and then we're not we're barely a year past and we're already reading reports that Dunn's not practicing hard enough, Levine's not trying hard enough and thinks he's better than he actually is. You know, them going after another restricted free agent, maybe like a Julius Randle or something like that, I I could see it. I I don't think it'll make a lot of sense in in terms of Randle being in Chicago with the pieces they already have because their front court is so congested. 
I, but I could see it. I, I really could. And and so I think somebody mentioned the name uh, unrestricted free agency that I kind of laughed at was uh, just because he's from Chicago and guard packs know that was Jabari Parker. And I, as soon as I heard that, I, I just rolled my eyes. <laughs> yeah, wow. good, you, you have you have Portis, you have um, Markinen, you have who else? Like you, who else do you have in your front court? I know it's pretty crowded, but I'm trying to think of other people that you have in your front court. But I know well, they have you got, Robin Lopez still under contract. That's right, Robin <laughs> Lopez. Side himself. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I just, yeah, I don't, I don't see where Parker would fit there because <laughs> you already got like you know Lopez and Markinen and Portis and Portis, Portis and Markinen are gonna you know be the guys that they're probably gonna want to play. So. Right, and uh, this would this would be assuming they sign Parker, which I'm praying that they don't because it would make a lot of sense. Would be Dunn, Levine, Parker. I would assume Markinen and then maybe either Porters or Carter Jr. at the five, if they can get rid of Robin Lopez on a potential deal or something. But it'll it'll likely be Lopez to start the season. But I seriously doubt he's going to finish the season in Chicago this next year. But yeah. I, I just I, I just don't know what the Bulls are thinking. I I think they want to stay young, of course. But it's like I think they they think they're one year away. But I I just I don't really see a path to where they could go out and get somebody that can help them right away, you know, and kind of accelerate this, this rebuild, if you will. Makes sense. Do, what does Robin Lopez have? Does he have two years left? I believe so. I can't remember if this is his last year or not. I know we've got at least one year left, but I I can't remember what the You can't even deal him as an expiring. Like, you can't even use him as an expiring trade asset. Right. Like, and and that's the thing. It's like, you know, the Bulls, it's a kind of a running joke with the Bulls is they, they don't really tend to have the assets that they think they have. I mean, they traded away a second round pick for almost $4 million last year, for God's sake. You know, they're, <laughs> they're cheap sticks, you know. I mean, it's just like they don't they don't really have the assets that, like Zach Levine. Zach Levine is not like a, a two first round pick, you know, prime coming into his prime player type of guy that you trade for. You know, he's just not there yet. But I, I just, I, I don't know. I, the, the Bulls, are, they just befuddle me no matter what they do. And, <laughs> by the way, uh, uh, I just looked it up. Lopez, this is his, this next season is his final year of his deal. So he'll be a okay, free, so he unrestricted is. free agent next summer. So he is an expiring deal. So that's something you can work with. Now, a 30-year-old center that can't guard a pick and roll, I don't know how much value that has on the market. But, you know, if you can get a pick in a young player, who knows? Would Would you – trade Robin Lopez for a lower level ticket to all in. I would trade Robin Lopez. I would trade Robin Lopez for a six pack of Zima. Honestly. (laughs) Man. In all respect to Robin, you know, I, I would, I would take that trade. As long as I don't have two big guys crushing me like I had at NXT TakeOver Chicago, great show, but, God, the B.O. was ridiculous. 
<laughs> you know, Mike, uh, Mike, I got to real quick before we wrap up here. Um, by the way, that, that opening tag match at TakeOver was tremendous. I think I went four and a half stars <laughs> on my, my fun rating chart, by the way. I, I got to throw that out there. I, I tell you what, man, Kyle O'Reilly is so good that I just, when he comes out, it just brightens my day. And the fact that Danny Birch and Biff Busick, or not Biff Busick, what do they call him? Oni Lorcan, they call him, were completely yeah. booed at first and got the crowd to cheer them by the end of it, showed how hard they worked. It was tremendous. Oh, was so good. So good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was obviously uh, Gargano and Ciampa stole the show, of course, as we all expected, but that mm-hmm. opening tag match was awesome. I mean, the crowd was on fire for it. And, and that's the thing, too. I, and I'll, I'll run this debate with anybody because I think it's absolutely true, especially like in a hardcore wrestling city like Chicago. The Undisputed Era is the most over thing under the WWE banner right now. Those Agreed. guys are so beloved no matter where they go. And it's because they're so, everybody knows how good they are. But that match really showed how good they really are. Roddy and, and Kyle were excellent in that match. Danny and Oni were just tremendous. Like, I would love to see that rivalry keep going. Obviously, you know, you got the Mustache Mountain boys that are, that are doing their thing. They're helping build the NXT UK brand. But, I mean, honestly, a, a, a triple threat tag team match at Brooklyn is I, – I would totally be okay with that. Oh, 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 man. You know, there's a, there's a really good match. I think it's from the 2017 Battle of Los Angeles. But it's Biff Busick yeah. before he took the NXT deal, and he wrestles Pete Dunn, I think it is. God Ooh. bless America. It's so good. <laughs> Pete, <laughs> Pete Dunn is my uh, He's so good. Um, the, other, the other thing I was going to say before I ask my final question, um, that Breaking when, when, when Vic, uh, Velveteen Dream decided to suplex R- Ricochet off of the apron to the floor, I about flipped my coffee table over. Because the match was kind of like Velveteen Dream to me is a guy who I treat him like my he's like my New Japan's Harai Kawato. He's he's the the young boy for me, and I enjoy that we get to see his Elijah. I saw your text. I'll grab you. I'll grab it in a second with here. He's he's that um, you know we we get to see his development because he's so young and he kind of moves like he's in a two K video game at times. But I tell you what, when he did that apron suplex spot, boy, did that match turn it up a notch for me. Oh my god! I was like, what was the point of doing that? I, you guys aren't going to walk into it. That was stupid. But God bless you for doing it. <laughs> oh man, like are, are we are we allowed to cuss on this? I, I just want to make well, sure that you know. Go ahead. At this point, who okay. cares? I, this is this is an example Uncut. when when he when he suplexed Ricochet to the floor. I'm sitting at my seat and I go, no, no, holy fucking shit! He just did that. <laughs> like it was it was just one of those things. Like he's really gonna do this, and then it like happens, and it's like, oh my god! But and they stole that, that. Like it, it was great, and like the the crazy thing about that match too is it had a lot of big spots for you know, as literally tight-packed as it was. I mean, you had Velveteen trying to fly across the ring like he's Shane McMahon for that big elbow. Ricochet, you know, mocking mocking Velveteen's pose at the top rope, hitting the big elbow. You know, he, he did the uh, the big flash to, as the ending spot. I mean, there was a lot of high-impact spots in that match. And I don't think those two are done, and I hope they're not, because those two together are awesome. 
and I hope Velveteen mocks Hulk Hogan forever. <laughs> you know, and, and it's one of those things too, where like, as you know, as as somebody who who, you know, I've I've had maybe 150 wrestling matches in my day, so I I, I nitpick a little more, and maybe that's a bad thing, right. but when when I watched <laughs> Velveteen Dream do that springboard across the whole length of the ring, and then he he turned and took took the bump, I went. Okay, that kind of looked a little bad because he didn't follow through with it. But as somebody right. who knows somebody who broke their elbow doing something like that, I'm so glad he didn't decide to just keep the pose and land that elbow in the apron corner because he would have broke his arm. So oh, I yeah. cringed, but then I praised it. Okay, you know what? I'm actually glad he did. The, the <laughs> other thing was uh, how bad live was that missed kick from Aleister Black? Oh, it was as bad as it probably looked on TV and then some. It was terrible. <laughs> and, and, and I felt bad because it, it seemed like Lars was trying to put on a little bit of a show as a heel. Like, it seemed like he was trying to take some more chances going to the top rope and stuff. And it seemed like him and Alistair were trying to make a good match. It was it was kind of – it reminded me of the Bobby Roode-Hideo Tommy match for the NXT title last year at TakeOver where – Everybody knew it wasn't going to be the match of the night, but they were still trying to make something of it. And it seemed like those two just really didn't mesh that well together. And it was unfortunate because I, I think Lars really built himself well. I think they did a good job building him up to face Alistair in Chicago. But it just the, the, the match just did not flow. And, and I'm assuming it probably appeared the same way on TV too. Yeah, I, I think that was my least favorite match of the, of the of the night i i i went i essentially went four on everything except for the women's match because it ended so quickly especially right. when I, was, he, I was like okay here we go and i was like oh it's over but yeah i'm with you i i just when you brought up the takeover i had to i had to go okay we're taking five minutes and talking this um <laughs> real quick before we let you go i got i'm i'm gonna get at you on wrestlecast so we can talk on that because that's the wrestling thing, so I can file all that. But we got a G1 special coming up in a couple of weeks, so we got to have you back on for that because that's where we can nerd out, talk G1. Uh, I'm totally <laughs> excited for it. Um, as always, man, thanks so much for coming on. Plug everything you got real quick before we let you go. All right. Well, thanks for having me again, Ryan. I appreciate it. Uh, you can find me at Could Be Like Mike on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm actually kind of out of the blog game right now. I'm actually working at a small town newspaper where my parents grew up or my, my father grew up, I should say. It's called the Michigan city news dispatch. Uh, it's about an hour, hour and a half east of Chicago. So I'm doing high school sports and all kinds of different things, getting my feet wet in the world of journalism, but you can find me on social media. And as always, Ryan, thank you, buddy. Goodbye. And good night. Bang! (laughs) I love it. Michael Whitlow, ladies and gentlemen. Ty Windis is online. I see him. Ty, we're going to grab you one second. Elijah, you texted me something. Drop it. I got some Woj bombs here. Uh Uh-oh. So, but um, first, I'm going to start off. uh, A guy named Shams. Shams Charms? Charms? Yeah, he reported that that Nikola Jokic Jokic has just committed to a five-year, $146.5 million deal. With the Denver Nuggets. Yep, okay. Um, so Woj, Woj, Joe Harris to the Nets, two years, $16 okay. million. Doug McDermott, three-year, $22 million deal with Indiana. Um, yep, let's see here. The huge one is that 
I think Chris Paul is getting offered four years, $160 million to stay with Houston. Okay. So That's kind of expected, I think. So there, he, those are... Those are some Woj bombs for you. Oh, and Ramona Shelburne said that Paul George told the Thunder he was staying early so they could set everything up per sources. In other words, they've been operating like he was staying for a bit now. Um, Ilyasova, three years, 21 mil to Milwaukee. And I think that's it for now. I think Rudy Gay, I saw something mention that Rudy Gay was staying with the Spurs. So I like it. I like it. We'll, we'll we'll keep this rolling. Uh, now that you've been sitting there for a while, uh, Ty, what's going on, man? Sorry to keep you waiting. No worries. How's it going, guys? Oh, doing great, doing great. Fortunately, uh, when I when I have a good buddy, uh, the show Michael Whitlow on the show, it gets very wrestling eccentric, and I have to alarm my co-host that random New Japan pro wrestling things could be happening, and other other forms. So I apologize for the delay. We're nerds and just it just happens. <laughs> with Ty, I'm so hey, glad totally you're with us. <laughs> I can't wait to just talk the world of NBA. Uh, t- uh, Ty has been with us before. For those of you uh, who recognize the name, he was on us. Uh, Sacktown Royalty and uh, Beyond the Beyond the Buck were the were the last the last things you covered with the Kings and the Bucks, if I do remember. Yeah, I was at uh, I was at a Royal Pain, which is the fan side of one. Sacktown Royalty is the yeah, SB Nation one, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I covered Kings, covered Bucks, and now it's general NBA mostly. And that's why we we wanted to save Ty for eleven o'clock because free agency is officially kicked off. Um, myself, Elijah, Nick Hagberg, we're all here online. I told these guys we're gonna round table. Uh, I'm gonna jump in first. Let let Nick jump in after Elijah's gonna jump in third. We're just gonna round table because we've been we've been dying to talk this with you in rock and roll here. But first things first, as a diehard Lakers fan, what is the latest you've heard about this Boogie Cousins could be the play with, with Paul George and OKC now to be that sweetener with LeBron? I mean, to me, honestly, that's plan C. Um, oh. the, 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 whole point, the whole point of this offseason for them is to get LeBron. And that's really like, – that's plan 1A. Uh, they – they they don't think, and at least from what Woj has reported, they don't think that they're going to get him unless they get someone else there first. They they don't think that LeBron wants to be the only guy in L.A. playing with all these kids. Like If he's going to make that move and become even more of a villain or become a villain again for the first time since 2014, he wants it to be a, a really good team. Um, obviously, Paul George is out. You guys mentioned this already. He uh He's at a party right now that Russell Westbrook threw in OKC. As soon as as soon as the reports went out that Russell Westbrook was going to throw a party that started at 11 Central, which is exactly when Paul George could commit, I pretty much expected Paul George was going to sign there. Uh, that, that was kind of a, a tip-off. Uh, and then uh, plan B for them to get LeBron there is Kawhi Leonard. That's been stalling. The Spurs want a lot. From what I've seen, the Spur, the the Lakers are trying to offer like Lonzo and stuff, and by stuff I mean future draft picks. Which obviously, if they get Kawhi and LeBron, their draft picks aren't worth that much. And some of their other younger guys, uh, maybe Kyle Kuzma, maybe Josh Hart, guys like that who aren't may not be stars, but they're good young players. Uh, the Spurs want Brandon Ingram, who is probably, in my opinion, the best young guy the Lakers have. The Lakers don't want to give him up, so they're kind of stuck there right now. And no other teams are really 
bidding a ton for Kawhi because they're worried he's going to leave. Although this Paul George news might inspire a team like Philly to bet on themselves, trade for Kawhi, and try to convince him to stay. Because if you remember, you know, Paul George was supposed to go to the Lakers this summer too, but OKC won him over even though he said it wouldn't happen. So anyway, uh, plan A is out. Plan B is on hold. Now we're at plan C, which is Boogie Cousins, who is a star player, but coming off of a torn Achilles, I mean, there's no telling what he's going to be like when he comes back. Uh, medicine gets better every year, all this stuff, but still, I mean, that's uh, not exactly the same caliber of player, in my opinion, as Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I'll hop in, uh, yeah. after. Yeah, um, yeah, just kind of piggybacking off that conversation. Um, do you? Th- I mean, obviously, the elf, the big elephant in the room, and pretty much any NBA discussion is, you know, where is LeBron going to end up? And do you think that? Um, this Paul Paul George re-signing with OKC, do you believe that has any effect at all in LeBron's decision? Because ultimately, if LeBron goes west, he still has to get by Golden State and Houston, which, you know, that's no easy task as it is. Oh, I definitely think it has a, a big impact on uh, on LeBron's decision. I mean, Paul George, to me, was probably the best other star on the market besides LeBron himself. Uh, definitely the best free agent. But even if you count Kawhi, I mean, like this injury thing is real. I mean, the guy played in only a couple games last season and then was out again. And, you know, there's you could say that, you know, that was just that was more of a tactic for him to get away from the Spurs. Either way, he didn't play basketball games. And, like, LeBron doesn't want to go play, you know, where the only other option is, is someone who – you know, might be healthy, might not be healthy. Like, I mean, he's putting his family first, and this decision has been reported. Um, so maybe he'll end up going to the Lakers anyway, just because, I mean, let, let's face it, L.A. is awesome. But I don't know. Yeah. I think I, it's I, I, mean, I envy you. It's, it's hot here. It's hot here in Oshkosh, but it's still not L.A. So uh, oh. it's like all the, the negatives with no, with no bonuses. But I, I think it definitely matters. I think Paul George signing an OKC, has an impact on everything else happening this summer. Now, now to be fair, Elijah, not because I know you, I know you're going to jump in here, but uh, no, we're we're uh, we're all dealing with this horrific Minnesota heat and humidity. I'm just a uh, Lakers fan at heart because you know we didn't have the Timberwolves until I was almost ten, so I had to cheer for something. Now I wish I was in a cooler area because this this is terrible. This Midwest yeah, crap. Is. Good God Almighty, my um, like. I mean, I guess I could. I, Elijah, did we say this is just the uncut show? Yeah, this is a BET uncut draft show. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> call Maximilian. Uh, tell me what that thing smell like. Uh, I have never walked around with the bigger swamp in my crotch in my life than the last two days. Oh, uh, so I apologize for everybody listening, but if we're just dropping knowledge, you know, spoiler alert, I'm dropping knowledge. Uh, that's can, why can I drop pretty... some knowledge right now? Do it. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but DeAndre Jordan and the Mavs have agreed on a one-year deal for basically the same amount he turned down in the Clippers. Real interesting that it's one year. Whoa! Oh, we Whoa, we need year. like a we we need a bomb sound for these. Ty Winters is going to drop bombs. Let's play this Kapuya, one. Kapuya! It's our first Kapuya of the evening. DeAndre Jordan going to de- – I still love that. Um, I'll ask that in a moment, Elijah, you know, not to cut you off here with, with the swamp problems, but uh, um, I'll, I'll ask after you're done here. Oh, I was just going to ask. This is probably a pretty simple question. 
But like, who? Where do you think LeBron James ends up? And who do you think is a player that, or players that he's going to team up with? I mean, that's getting tougher uh, with every update here. I mean, Kawhi is the most available star, but it, I don't know if any team besides LA is going to trade for him. So if LeBron goes to LA, I think Kawhi and Demarcus um, Cousins is an option too, just because. I mean, you look around the league now that the Mavericks have, and again, I, I want to just to be a little pedantic but clear. None of these deals are officially signed. They're only agreed to. Uh, things can change. It almost never happens. The last time was last time. DeAndre said he was going to sign with the Mavericks and, and didn't. Um, but technically none of this has happened yet, but almost certainly it all will. Um, but with, with Dallas theoretically tying up its cap space, that really only leaves a couple of teams with the room to add two stars and really just one. Like Philly doesn't have enough room to add two guys, um, the Lakers. So if they add DeMarcus Cousins, that that would be probably the other guy with LeBron left to trade for Kawhi. It wouldn't shock me if he ended up staying in Cleveland, honestly. I mean, I just, like, he, there's all, all the weirdness with the owner there, Dan Gilbert, who said, you know, he would like to try to build a team without LeBron or whatever. Like, that's a very stupid thing to say and, and think. But um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, he, he likes, obviously he's very close to Cleveland. He's got a, a super tight Ohio ties. You know, that team would, would obviously have to rebuild again if he did end up staying. They're not ready now to compete. And, I mean, I think you know, as much as LeBron says he's focused on family, like the guy wants to win basketball games and contend for championships. Like He's good enough. He should want that. It wouldn't make sense if he didn't. So it's, it's very interesting. I mean, I wonder now if Philly is more of an option. You know, Philly is one that had been talked about a little bit. They have the space. They have some young star players. I mean, they haven't signed anybody yet, and I think that's not a coincidence. They're probably trying to get back into this and see if they can sign LeBron. You know, wow. one thing too here, and I'm, I'm going to jump this way because I'm, I'm not going to slip on my pivot. I got a couple questions in the back pocket, but I got to go to this one right off the bat. Obviously, they got to move Jared Bayless. They probably got to move Rashawn Holmes. Is some team willing to help Philly by taking some, you know, one or two of those players? So they have the money to sign LeBron, or is that one of those things where, you know, if you're Atlanta who has cap or Indiana who has some cap, and you go, look, Jared Bayless is not worth me taking off of your hands to get LeBron. I don't covet um, Rashawn Holmes. I mean, what, what's the thought process, how Philly can make that actually work? So here, I'm pulling up, uh, I'm on cleaningtheglass.com now, which is an excellent resource for because they got like 26 and they need to free yeah, up they, i think 35 or 36 and holmes rashawn holmes i think is getting three something and bayless is getting i think almost seven so they gotta move those two to comfortably i think they can slide lebron in and have 900k left if i did the math correctly before we came on air i mean you to me if if i'm if i'm a team you gotta give me a yeah. sweetener if i'm taking jared bayless back for oh, seven yeah, no, six no, seven no, mil there's there's no yeah, there's no one is taking no one's taking Bayless for free. Uh Holmes is one point six. Um oh but he's not guaranteed. They could waive Holmes for nothing. Um oh, okay. so yeah, they that Bayless of course though is completely guaranteed. So yeah, no one's gonna take him for free. They'd have to attach the future pick. Um I haven't looked in a little while to see exactly what they have, but I mean this is one of those things where I remember I forget who said this, it might have been Zach Lowe, it might have been someone else a while ago, like if LeBron is, is desires to go to your team, you just make it happen. Like it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter what your caps like. You you find a way. 
I mean, they'll, they'll throw a couple second-round picks on Bayless, and the Hawks will say, sure, why not? Eh? I don't know. Who, I, I don't think Indiana would do that because they're, they're trying to compete. I mean, they, they, they know they have a really good play in Victor Oladipo. They know there's a chance LeBron leaves this conference, and then all of a sudden you get past Boston, you're in the driver's seat. So I, they wouldn't take a bad contract just to get some picks. But, you know, you look at Chicago, who is tanking, Atlanta, who's tanking, Maybe the Kings. I don't know if they're smart enough to do that, but the Kings are an option. Um, yeah, they, they could make it. They would. They would figure it out. But let's just say if LeBron came to uh, Brett Brown, who's basically running the Sixers right now, and said, "Listen, make the cap space for a max deal, and I'm there." There, they'll figure out a way to do it. Um, re- real quick, Hagberg, not to cut you, not not to jump in because you're gonna you're next up on this on this freight train. But I just I gotta I gotta jump this in because because it's it's such a such a good follow up. You know, yes, he could go back to Cleveland. And I've heard people say, well, maybe he goes back to Cleveland for another one-and-one because technically his son is in eighth grade. He's not going into ninth grade yet. You have one more year until he's truly going to an L.A. high school. And maybe he gives it one more go in Cleveland like that. But if you were going to do a one-and-one in Cleveland and then go to L.A. next year, wouldn't he have just opted in? I mean, why why the extra hassle? Um, he can make a little more money this way, I believe. And you know, the other like that he might not have known for sure what Paul George is going to do. He might he might have thought maybe the Lakers have gotten Kawhi by now. I mean, I think this probably to me feels like the the least control. Or I don't want to say control, but like the least premeditated LeBron's decision has ever been. Like I think. I think you could kind of tell early if you look back that he was going to leave and go to the Heat the first time. And I think he had kind of decided when they lost the finals that he was going to go back to the Cavs in, uh, 20, after 2014. Um, this time it just feels like like the they kind of collapsed there. Obviously they got swept in the finals and it wasn't a very competitive series. But I just think, like, I, I think so many moving pieces right now. This is the first time that, like, Stars are moving before LeBron. Usually everyone waits until LeBron decides, and then people do things. Right now, sort of LeBron is sitting back and saying, well, I want to see what happens before I make my decision this time. Yeah, so I guess uh, kind of now shift, shifting the discussion back to Kawhi. Um, earlier in the show, we, you know, we were talking about the fact, uh, you know, Kawhi seems to have the leverage, you know, in the negotiations with the Spurs. I mean, Seems like there's a relationship that's damaged beyond repair, but at the same time, you know, he's still under contract with the Spurs this upcoming season. So, I, I mean, what's your take on what do you think the Spurs are going to do? Are they going to try to to rush a deal, thinking that you know, try not to be stuck in February, or do you see them trying to wait this thing out and either repair the relationship or potentially, you know, make a blockbuster deal at the deadline? I don't think it'll get to the regular season. Um, I mean, we've seen, I remember, it seemed like the Suns absolutely had to trade Marquise Morris during the offseason a couple of years ago, and they didn't, and everyone made fun of them for it. But they ended up getting a better deal than what was offered. So when it was first reported that they had to move, well, not that they had to, but that, that they had problems with Marquise, um, the, the, the best they could get was, um, they the the Suns would have had to attach one of their other young players to Morris, and then maybe someone would take him. They ended up getting a first round pick at the deadline from Washington. So, you know, the Spurs can look at a situation like that and say, 
um, maybe we just dragged this thing off. The difference is, you know, those suns stunk. And I, I don't remember if they planned to stink or not, but they ended up stinking. Uh, the Spurs don't want to do that. Like, they, they want to contend. They want to be good. Um, and if you look at it, like, it, that might seem preposterous at first because they're losing uh, Kawhi, but they won 50 games last year and he barely played. So they, they don't – it's not ludicrous to think they, they could be pretty good again, especially if they get playing, like, actual players who appear in games for them. That being said, I, I don't think they want to drag this out. I think they'd rather have it done before, you know, training camp and everything else. But that still gives them, I mean, all of July. So and, – and more, really. I mean, there's, there's so much random stuff before, like, the preseason and everything else starts. I think they move them, but I, I don't know if they're in a rush to do it right this second if the deal's not there. I, I think they're going to try to get a deal that they really like. I mean, they, they don't like trading them at all, but they, they want a deal that, that is satisfactory to them. Absolutely. Yeah, that uh... – yeah, total, to, totally in agreement there with you. So be, definitely, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Sure. Can I cut in two quick signings we had here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. let me let me let me get your gimmick. Kapoya, kapoya, dropping the bomb. Yeah, there we go. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta signal him. Uh, Aaron Baines is back to the Celtics. Two years, eleven million dollars. Second year is a player option, which is kind of odd. Uh, but they like Baines. He's good for them. That's that's a pretty average deal. That kind of shows that they're, they're not really looking to make a big splash this summer if they're going to use some of their money, which makes sense. Uh, and then OKC brought back Jeremy Grant for three years, $27 million, which, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, and no one has it updated yet anyway, but their cap sheet for next season is just an absolute mess. They're going to have to do something with Carmelo. <laughs> yeah. They have to do the, the, quote, cap gymnastics. Um, <laughs> Elijah, before before you uh, drop some knowledge, I heard I heard a a, uh, a fun little tidbit uh, that I should drop to everybody. Uh, I don't have the Kapuya knowledge as much as you guys do, but apparently, uh, Greg Popovich met with Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi didn't say much. Uh, apparently, he was he was Kawhi it. <laughs> Come on, give it to me, give it to me. Where's the no? drum? <laughs> I'll give I'll give you I'll give you this instead. Take that for data. <laughs> Sorry, I oh, I, I like couldn't. Resist. I like that. I, I said that earlier today, and I was like, how can I how can I slide this in? And I was like, ooh, this is the worst point where I could possibly slide it in because it'll be awkward. Elijah, I apologize. Please continue with the uh, fantastic segment with Mr. Ty Windis here. So I got two questions pertaining to like two totally different teams, but a couple of different questions that. I wanted to throw to you. So we're going back to LeBron. So if LeBron does stay in Cleveland, what do you think they do with that roster? Do you think they try to do some more wheeling and dealing to get some different players around him? Do they possibly try and sign someone else? Like what do you think happens to that roster? Cause you got to think like if LeBron does stay in Cleveland He's probably going to be like, you guys got to fix this for me again because that roster didn't really do much for me in the finals. And then yeah. uh, my second question is, how much longer do you think Tibbs is going to last in Minnesota? <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big Minnesota fan. So, and <laughs> I, I, I like, I like the Tibbs. I like them getting Tibbs, but I was more of a, a. Uh, Dave Yeager, or Dave Yeager guy, but I was I was fine with Tibbs, but it seems like stuff is 
quickly started to go south for Tibbs. So Did I just wanted to kind of get you. Thing? Yeah. Supposedly that was fake, though. Supposedly that uh, was yeah, like that was something fake that was... too. I'm, I don't know if that's true. But Somebody that, got that fake holes. But, um, but yeah, I just wanted <laughs> they, to they hit your thoughts about it. Because to me, it feels like <laughs> it's getting to the point where the Wolves are going to have to pick Tibbs and Butler or their younger players, you know, and Ooh. it's going to get to the point where one of the, one of them, one of those two groups has got to go. So those are my questions. Answer away. Yeah. No, those are good ones. I'm going to start with the second one. Um, I, I, I don't know how, I don't know how, well, I think they're probably going to give them at least a whole other year. I think this is another example, and there are many, of why you should not ever give a coach roster control. So he's the coach and the president of basketball operations. And, like, he's just blatantly at this point trying to just recreate the, uh, whatever the span of years was, the, the Tibbs Bulls. Like, they're all ending up back there. Like, it's no coincidence Rose is back there. The Timber Bulls, yes, thank you. They are uh, the, now the report. I think today is that if uh, Lou Aldang or Joachim Noah ends up getting waived or stretched or whatever by the teams they're on, they're gonna end up signing for minimum in Minnesota to play with the Timberwolves. And it's like, really? Like there are there are other players in the league. Like these guys, ex- except for Jimmy Butler, none of these guys are any good anymore. Derrick Rose has a couple flashes. He still can't play defense, and he'll also just leave in the middle of the season for no reason, just unexplained. So. It, it, I, I don't know. It's very confusing to me why that Minnesota gave him all this control. It's not. I mean, he's a big name, and he probably got them Jimmy Butler, which is great. And that pretty good trade. I mean, the Bulls got some good parts, but Jimmy Butler is a true star player. Um, I think their best case scenario is to bring in someone, two two new people, a GM and a, a, a coach. I mean, David Griffin, I believe, is still available. If I were them, I'd love to try to put Griffin there. I mean, here's a fun thing. Here, this kind of relates to the first question. Actually, this is a beautiful segue I did on accident. David Griffin oh, had a deal oh. in place before the the Kyrie trade last summer. Because if, I don't know if you guys remember this. He was negotiating for the Cavaliers while his contract was, like, set to expire. And Dan Gilbert just chose not to extend it, so it walked away. So the deal he was working on just basically disintegrated. But he had the framework in place, and I think everyone had agreed to it. It just didn't it like it didn't go through in time before Griff was out of there. But Kevin Love goes to Denver, Gary Harris goes to Indiana, Paul George goes to Cleveland and some picks go to Indiana from I think the other two teams. So like the Cavs could be running with could have been running with LeBron, Kyrie Irving, and Paul George all of last season, which is obviously <laughs> eons better than the team they had. And they didn't oh, just because just because they didn't bring back Griff. But that shows you, like, if you need any proof that David Griffin's a hell of an executive, there you go. Like, that trade would have been excellent for Cleveland. Instead, they they bungle the Kyrie deal, end up with a terrible return, and now they're in this position where they are now where, you know, if LeBron comes back, you've got to imagine Colin Sexton's going to be dealt somewhere. I'm sure they'd love to get Kemba Walker. That's someone that they've sniffed around. I don't know if Michael wants to deal his – his only star player to help LeBron try to overtake his legacy, which <laughs> hey, is an Mitch interesting subplot there. Mozgov and Deng for $70 million contracts, so anything's possible. And then traded for Mozgov. Got Mozzie back. <laughs> yeah, like, that is a horrible yeah, let's, I mean, deal. come on. That's so, if anybody can do it. By the way, that Paul George, uh, David, uh, David Griffin, uh, it doesn't get the Kapuya. He gets this one. And if you don't know, now you know. Because that was something, if you didn't know, now you know it. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, I think about that. Like, I, it got brought up the other day, and I think like that team has a, a shot against the Warriors. I think. Like, I think that team goes to the East like a hot knife through butter. I mean, Kevin Love is good, but one, he was hurt, and two, he's just like the league is so trending towards smaller players who can create and uh, wing players who can defend. I mean, they had no one who could match up with Kevin Durant at all, and and Kevin Durant's better than Paul George, but Paul George is at least like a guy who can keep up with him. Like the Cavs, yeah. no one. Like Jeff Green was their KD stopper, which is obviously much, much far away from ideal. So it's that like that's just like they put themselves in the situation. I like guess they lose LeBron, and they have themselves to blame. But if they keep them, they're gonna try to trade for Kemba. They'll probably they might try to bring Boogie there in a sign and trade. And yeah, it would be a sign and trade. I don't know what they give up. Um, it, it's very they don't have that many pathways. I mean, now that the Nets pick is not the Nets pick, and it is Colin Sexton, I think it's worth less. Like, the theoretical pick is always worth more because it could be anything. Um, it, now a team has to like Colin Sexton for him to have any value. So it, it's complicated. I mean, they'll figure out a way. They'll bring, they'll bring some old, old old guy over for vet minimum. They always do that. But in terms of stars, it'll be tough. I think they'll go for Kemba. I don't know if they'll get him, though. Um, really quick before we wrap up with you, Ty, thanks once again for coming on here. Uh, two questions. One's first questions is a very serious one what is more of a laughable issue in the nba the fact that one vladi divak said that the kings are now a super team <laughs> two that mark cuban is willing to pay deandre jordan again after him completely kicking them to the curb like a side chick or three this Ooh. dude i know named eddie thinks lonzo ball's name is alonzo and is a bad passer um, you have some That's stiff competition then. Yeah, you got some <laughs> stiff, some, a lot of options there. Um, I'm going to go with, I, if it was just he thought his name was Alonzo, that one wouldn't be that. Like, I can see someone making that mistake. But literally, like, one of two things that he does well is pass, and that's what he's known for doing. So I think not thinking Alonzo, now I said Alonzo, thinking Alonzo has got to be pretty bad. Um, fan opinions never cease to amaze me. I had someone in my mentions really convinced that Seth, mind you, Seth, not Steph, Seth Curry was better than Chris Middleton at basketball. And I, I, I wasn't having it. But yeah, I, 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 I know. I, listen, I don't know. But this is where the Alonzo balls who can't pass, that, that's where these opinions come from. God, that's bad opinion. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, no, so – Serious last question. You can one word answer this perfectly. When it's all said and done, where do you think LeBron ends up? I'm going to say Lakers. I I still think it's Lakers for now. I still think it's Lakers. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Ty, thanks so much for coming on. Give us so much time tonight. Um, I know I know you might have been a little busy when we were chatting, but it's it's such a, it's always a pleasure to have you on, man. You know we, we've been on a few times, and you're always great with everything you got. Plug away everything you can and you got for our listeners to you know interact, follow, read the whole nine yards for you, sir. Thank you, thank you. I was listen. It was a pleasure being on here. I always appreciate the invite anytime. Uh, where else would I want to be on Saturday night except my couch? With a cold beer, a whiteboard with a bunch of NBA stuff written on it, and, and some great some great guys to talk hoops. Let's so, go. Uh, uh-huh. 
all all the uh, all the everyone listening, you can find me on Twitter at Ty Windish. It's spelled a little weird. T I is how Ty is spelled, so it's T I W I N D I S C H. Uh, you can follow me on there. I share all my work on there. Um, I write for the Step Back, which is where I write my general NBA articles. I do a daily one on weekdays called the Whiteboard, which shares all the links you need to read. Plus, it has a little analysis from me every single day, Monday through Friday. And then my podcast, Time Out with Ty. You can find it anywhere you find podcasts to uh, hear this silky voice share a bunch of NBA stuff for all of you. I love doing it, so check that out. And Yeah, thanks again, guys, for having me on. Awesome. We love talking to you. We'll chat again. All right. Thanks again, Ty. Cool, cool. See you. Ty Windish, ladies and gentlemen. Coming on, dropping some knowledge. Check out his podcast. But if you want to get another one, Kevin Draves, welcome back to my life. Not the show, but to my life, Kevin. Wow, I miss you guys so much. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> Coming at us, the Howlcast, man. He's, he's got a great show. Y'all should check it out. Real quick, Kevin, I got two things I want to do here before we start talking because we've been we've been having fun this whole night. It's been a great time. First thing, I found this sound clip that I edited from when we had you on one of the last times, and Elijah was falling asleep or something while we were all recording, and you kind of chimed in at the end and took a good pot shot. Elijah knows what I'm talking about, so I'm going to play this clip real quick here. You got to do like a read. Okay. Yeah, Elijah. Elijah's not doing reads, and you wanted to make sure that he knew that, Kevin. So I just wanted to keep that on the soundboard, <laughs> so you could you could know that you made sure Elijah. Once again, if you guys hear at the very end, you gotta do like a read. Okay. Well, I haven't, yeah, Elijah. I haven't heard his voice yet, so I gotta I gotta know that Elijah's still awake. I know you I know you Facebook messaged me about 15 minutes ago, but. That's 15 minutes of nap time for Elijah, so that's that's prime <laughs> real estate. Man, everybody makes fun of me about going to sleep. I'm awake. How's it going, Kevin? <laughs> he needs some milk. I honestly, I honestly wasn't going to make this interview, but I, I planned ahead and took like a three-hour nap earlier in the day so I could stay up late enough for the start of free agency and uh, – and the opportunity to to come back to to my my second favorite show behind mine, of course, and uh, and talk some free agency. <laughs> nice. Myself, Elijah, Nick Hagberg's on. We're doing a quick. We're basically powwow flying around here. We're I'm dropping a question. Nick's dropping a question. Elijah's dropping a question. We're kind of just spitball roundtabling because, I mean, it's, it's the most wonderful time of the year, you could say. Um, Obviously, Kevin Draves coming on from the Howlcast. I want to ask right off the bat, going into now the start of this new season, what's just the general thought for this team who really doesn't have any play in free agency with the Timberwolves now? Um, they, there's a lot of speculation with the coach. What's just the general mindset of this team right now? You know, that's... <sighs> It's t- it's honestly it's tough to say, and I think that's kind of the thing that gives a lot of Timberwolves fans anxiety at this point in time. Is you know the Wolves might add a, uh, a, a you know minimum you know exception here or there, might make a couple small resignings. We saw they uh, they waived Cole Aldrich yesterday. Um, no splash in free agency and no money to do so. It's not the fact that they're not players for guys like DeAndre or LeBron or 
uh, Paul George or anything along those lines is that they have no money to do so. And so you're going to see guys that are either A, a little bit more on the journeyman side of things, or B, kind of some some lesser-known guys uh, come in the door and, and try to earn contracts. And I think that's a really important move for the Timberwolves is to find you know, good money contracts for guys that can contribute and guys that fit whatever system Tom Thibodeau has in place and uh, and, and be successful. I mean, the, the starting five for the team is already set. You're basically filling out bench players and rotational players with the exception of if Andrew Wiggins does, in fact, get traded, which at this point in time, if he was going to be moved, I would say it would have been on draft night. All right. Yeah, so yeah, so talking about that bench, um, you know, I, I, sitting on draft night, I mean, as a Timberwolves fan myself, just sitting back, you know, I, I personally was satisfied with the two picks, but in the back of my mind, you know, I, I, I think back, you know, Tom Thibodeau has a track record of not really trusting these younger players, so... I mean, given the little cap room we have, I mean, did you see us filling out our bench with some, you know, minimum level contracts, or do you see that some of these young players are actually um, going to have a role on the team next year? You know, I, I think it's going to be a little bit of both. Um, uh, Thibodeau and Layden were able to keep a Kogi under the radar. Um, if you look at some of the tweets, uh, Darren Wolfson from KSTP was talking on draft night about it, they had a Kogi in uh, at the same time, I believe, as uh, Dante DiVincenzo and Troy Brown Jr. And, uh, you know, they raved about both of those guys, and they kind of kept a Kogi under the radar. I, I was unsure about the Kogi pick, but watching a lot of film on him and seeing a lot of reports, he sounds like a guy that, uh, you know, is, is going to come in and be able to contribute. And then Bates Diop, a guy that some mock drafts had us taking at 20 or being off the board by 25 somehow fell to us at 48. I think that's phenomenal. So I, uh, I'm i super huge on this draft. I think this is one of the better overall drafts the Timberwolves have had in a while. And I think they look to supplement that with some more wing help. But uh, I think you're going to see a, a good even combination of the young guys getting some time to prove themselves and a couple of veterans stepping in as well. All right, Kevin. Um, I just want to get right to it. Who are some, who are some guys that you would target with, you know, the MLE and what little like cap space we have and for players to come here and like, what are some moves that you think you would try and make for the rest of the off season to kind of improve this roster you know, one of the guys that I, I really wanted uh, has actually already agreed upon a deal with another team. I believe it's the Pacers, and that's Doug McDermott. Um, yeah, I think he could step in and, and provide some really good three-point shooting and some defending. That's that's really the type of guy that we need as a 3 and D guy at this point um, as, as part of a role-player option. I really liked McDermott if we could get him on the on the cheap. Other than that... You know, in all honesty, I've been I was I've been focusing on these two draft guys a lot. So, free agency wise, 
you know, it's going to be tough to get guys here. I think you're going to see some names that you're probably not super familiar with or, or have seen in a very limited capacity, but I don't think we're going to get a, uh, you know, a big name guy. Um, one, I, one I would love to see, but it's going to cost way too much would be Mario Hazonia, formerly okay, of the yep. Orlando Magic. Yeah. Maybe a change of scenery would do him some good, but you don't think we're going to be able to get any decent names in here like Rodney Hood or KCP or anything like that? No, I, th- oh. I think they're going to be I too expensive. Yeah. Um, one one guy on that, that I'm a huge fan of that I don't think played at all last year, but used to be with the Sixers is Hollis Thompson. I think we can okay. get him on the cheap, and I think he would be able to step in and contribute right away as well. I think that would be a great signing for this team. Nice. Yeah. You know, I, I look at, and I mean, we're, gosh, I mean, we, we really don't have any cap. I mean, if I'm looking at this correctly, God, what, do, what I mean, what do, what do we have? We don't have anything. I think oh, it's God. somewhere around seven, eight million before we hit the hard cap. Yeah, I think, I think we're sitting at 6.6 6 million. Um, not a lot you can get with that. Um, one of one of our one of our fine contributors on social media who hits us up, uh, Caesar De Los Santos. He he says we need defensive help. Is there anybody defensively this team could bring on to do something to help in the paint or or even out, out on the wings or anything that you see? Well, I think we're going to see a little bit from Akogi and Bates Diop. I think those guys are a little bit more defensive players than some people think. I think once they get acclimated to the system, they can step in. Uh, again, that's why I really wanted Dougie Buckets, but um, I mean, as we've as we we've seen with, you know, even Jimmy Butler on this team, the way that some of our young guys are currently playing, doesn't matter necessarily how good you are at defense if the rest of the team around you isn't playing good defense. And we saw that this year. So, you know, aside from Buckets or, or Hollis Thompson or, you know, a couple of the, the bigger name guys out there that we can't afford, there's there's nobody in my mind that's going to make a, a, a crazy, crazy impact at, uh, as, as a defensive player. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, you, you know, I, I heard Ryan talk about, obviously, uh, you know, Tom Thibodeau and, um, you know, just I mean, I mean, you hear you hear it all the time. You know, he's losing losing the locker room. You know, there's definitely some questions about him. You know, being the leader of the franchise moving forward. But at the same time, and we, I mean, as we were talking, there's really nothing this team can do in terms of cap space. So, I, I, I guess like, do you look for next year to see what uh, you know Thibodeau and Layden can do, and you know, with the 2019 free agent class or or, or do you see a situation where they, you know, cut ties with them earlier? I mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, you ideally want to max him at some point in the next two years. Yeah, and what's what's nice is that you can go over to max out one of your own players. So Cat's going to get his contract regardless. It's what we do after that. And I think uh, Taj Gibson and Jeff Teague both have – deals that'll expire after this season. Um, I think he has a, a player option, I want to say. Um, 
but so I mean, there's 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 that, so that should free up some space. And I think the the two things to look for is one, if the Wolves are in a similar spot this year as they were last year, where they're that seven eight seed teetering on the playoffs, uh, don't make it out of the first round. I think we could expect to see some changes at the coaching position at that point. Um, but I could also see, depending on where we're at at the trade deadline, uh, we could see Wiggins uh, enter trade talks once again and maybe get something, try to get something for him and, and clear, clear some kind of space off the books to be able to be aggressive in free agency, uh, regardless of who our coach and, uh, and Polo is at that point. And I just wanted to quickly add in too. Um, it just came to me right now. Um, what about Jimmy Butler? I mean, I mean, do, do you see any potential that he could potentially re-sign here, or, or is he a definite guy that you think's going to walk? You know, I've I've heard a lot of people say that uh, he's a, a Tom Thibodeau guy, and I'm not necessarily sure I believe that fully. I think if we're able to make it work with the money with him in towns and, and, you know, get some supporting people around him, I can definitely see him staying here. But I think he needs to see, he wants to see growth out of some of the young guys too, before he fully commits. And so this season is going to be incredibly important for that specific reason. Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, Bielita. What do you think is going to happen to Bielitsa? Do you think he's? Do you think they're going to resign him, or is he, or is he, or is he as good as gone? I think he wants to stay, for the fact of, you know, he's got a he's got a home here. He's got, um, you know, he's a, a family here, and he likes it here. But, you know, the the money's going to come calling, and if uh, if a team offers him, you know. Way more than what we can. I think he's going to do what's best, and you know, a, a one-year, five million uh, qualifying offer versus you know a couple of years guaranteed for for a little bit, maybe even a little bit less than that a year, or right around there a year. I think uh, the Wolves might be in trouble matching that, and uh, we could we could see Belly move on, but. They went after a Kogi and Bates Diop as kind of that belly insurance. Should Belly decide to go, um, yeah. if Belly decides to stay, then it gives them added depth. But if Belly leaves, they've got two guys that they feel are ready to step in and uh, you know kind of take over take over that role that Belly had. Yeah, I'm uh, hoping real- he doesn't leave, just because it seemed like when he was. When he would actually get playing time, he, he when and when he was playing good and stuff, he really helped. I just I always wondered what the issue between him and him and Tibbs was, and why you know when he was healthy, why he wasn't always getting consistent playing time and stuff. But sorry to cut you off, Ryan. No, no, you're good. You're good. I was just gonna drop in. Paul George supposedly signed four years, 137 million with the Thunder. So it looks like he is staying in OKC. Um, and apparently Trevor Reza may be going to Phoenix. That's surprising. But I guess, you know, probably getting paid is why he's going there. Um, wanted to ask you too, Kevin, after kind of the, I don't want to say lackluster because I don't want to dog the guy fully, but 
with the lack of, I don't know if it's motivation or drive or heart or what it is, what's what's the thoughts on Andrew Wiggins? Like, is this somebody that maybe we made a mistake giving that big contract to, or is he going to figure this out? Because we see the signs of it. We see flashes all the time, but where does it go? Because it doesn't happen consistently, so it's not going anywhere in my eyes. You know, I think the big thing with Wiggins, and I've said this from the beginning, if you notice, he seems uninterested in the game, especially very early on. Yeah, he can he can hit a shot to win a game, and, and he can take over when he wants to, but he just seems to be uninterested in the game. And what I what I equate it to is a kid in school, you know, a, a genius of a kid in math, let's say. He's really good at math, where up until he needs to be, or until he needs to be challenged, he's not. And so he gets bored, he slacks off, he doesn't perform well, the great suffer, and that's Andrew Wiggins in the NBA. I think mm-hmm. he needs to find a coach that challenges him, but... Sibs does it the wrong way, I guess, if you will. So I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a wasted. Yeah, it's not. It's not a wasted contract. It's not a wasted extension. But until we find a coach that can push Wiggins in the right way, I don't think we're going to get Wiggins' full potential. And Wiggins, to me, will continue to show a lack of interest. Well, to yeah, me too, I think Wiggins. Um, I just wanted. To, I just wanted to flip in one last question here. Um, Gorgie Jang is another guy to me. Um, just seems like a guy that's, you know, kind of regressing somewhat under Tom Thibodeau. And, you know, if you look, I mean, I'm looking at his contract right now, you know, still on the books for several more years. And, um, you know, this could be a situation, too, I feel like that could just, you know, could turn into like a Nikola Pekovic type of situation. I mean, not to that extent, but, I mean, <laughs> did you ever see the, 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 the Wolves eventually, you know, trying to move him in the next year or two? I th- I think they've honestly been trying to for the better part of the season, but that contract is one of the most unfriendly contracts I've seen in a pretty darn long time, and it's going to be it's going to be tough to be able to get anything you know of, of value for it without attaching a first round pick or a, a you know pretty darn decent player, and I think that's going to be tough for this team to do. Um, they're going to have to take money back in return and hopefully they can get it in the, in the shape of expiring contracts. But we both know that that's not how things have gone for this Timberwolves team here. And and it's going to be, it's going to be tough to, to get rid of that deal. And that's forever going to sit as one of the, one of the worst current contracts in the NBA for the type of player that Gorgie Jang has now become on the bench, backing up Taj and Kat. Yikes. So, um, Elijah, real quick, I don't want to cut you off. Not to cut you off, but uh, Derek Rose finalizing a one-year deal to return to Minnesota. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Derek Rose, the basketball player, deserves to be on this team. The way that he played last year coming in halfway through provided a lot of depth, a lot of protection in my eyes as well, because we saw the Jeff Teague injury in the first half of the season, and and Ty has held down the fort immaculately, but it was Aaron Brooks was our, our third point guard, and Aaron Brooks should not be playing an NBA game. 
So <laughs> the fact that they brought Derrick Rose in and he was able to contribute. And we, I mean, we saw maybe, you know, like a 40% of MVP Derrick Rose at times. And I think a full season with this team, he's going to come back even stronger. And if, if we can see that 50, 60% of MVP Derrick Rose, then Derrick Rose, the basketball player, belongs on this team. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely a nice, like, off the bench. I was wor- I, One thing I was worried about him is that Tibbs is going to try and, like, force him down people's throat and, like, have him start and give him a ton of minutes. But, I mean, off the bench, he's he's great off the bench coming in, providing some punch off the bench and some scoring and, you know, running with the second union. So, I like, I like the signing. Scott Layden, Tom Thibodeau. Pay that man his money. Elijah, <laughs> go ahead. I apologize. Okay. So, oh, I was going to ask. I was going to ask this question, like, what what's the percentage chance that the Timberwolves do something crazy this offseason where, you know, they unload Jimmy Butler or unload Andrew Wiggins or possibly try and trade, like, Jeff Teague or, you know, any, any moves like that? Do you see, like, what do you think – is a percent chance that they're going to make some a crazy move like that or do something crazy that just kind of blows our minds that comes out of nowhere? You know, it's I'll, I'll, as as much as I would love to see it happen, I don't think, unfortunately, it's a realistic possibility. Um, the only thing I could maybe see is if the Wolves are blown away by a, uh, a, a trade for Andrew Wiggins. And I think a lot of teams are very cautious about Andrew Wiggins at this point in time. So unless the the, the offer blows them away, I, I don't necessarily think that uh, that we would have much of a shot at, you know, a, a, a blockbuster move like LeBron coming here or, or you know, making a, ma- a massive trade or anything along those lines. Bummer. Um, you know so so I guess kind of where I'm going now is the the big issue that everybody talks about and we've talked about this other people before is how long till it comes down to do we keep Tibbs or do we keep Towns is that going to be a problem or do you think they figure this out and everyone's happy both sides have said that there's no animosity I don't necessarily know that I, I fully believe that. But when it comes down to it, if you go to Glenn Taylor and you say, hey, you need to choose between Tom Thibodeau and Carl Anthony Towns, a million times over, yes, it's going to be Carl Anthony Towns. And I, I honestly don't think it's even close. Um, I mean, you know, obviously I hope we don't necessarily get to that point, but you know, that is something that we could see potentially. And uh, if it comes down to it, it's super sad. But, yeah, it's going to be Carl Anthony Towns every time. I, I hope you're right. Elijah, You got what, what else you got? You got anything else tonight? Because otherwise I, I'm moving a different direction. Move it, move it on. Move it on. Keep walking. Right, we're going to move to a different direction. It's going to be a two-part direction before I wrap up here. First question, Kevin, where does LeBron end up? One-word answer. 
<laughs> well, there's a lot more to it than that in my mind. So to give you your little one-word answer, to give you your one-word answer, it's it's going to be L.A. Yes. Um, but I'll tell I'll tell you this: the the Paul George back to OKC signing is phenomenal for OKC. Now, granted, they have to still deal with Carmelo Anthony, and that's horrible. But let's say at 12:01, LeBron goes, "I'm going to the Lakers." At at, at 12:01 Eastern time, before Paul George has this signing, I that think if LeBron at 12:01 goes to the Lakers, the whole landscape of everything that we've already seen in free agency changes, and I don't necessarily think Paul George stays in OKC. I think Paul George is covering his butt, staying there, going, "Well." If I go to L.A. and LeBron ends up going to Cleveland, then who the heck am I playing without in L.A.? And so I think he did it more to protect himself. But if LeBron would have dropped the would would have dropped the first shoe at twelve oh one, I think we'd be talking about something completely different right now. What do you, What do you think of this whole whole talk that Boogie might be the first domino to drop in L.A.? Did you see this? Oh, I would absolutely. A million times over, love to see Boogie play with LeBron and then potentially Kawhi too. Like that—that's <laughs> a super team I can honestly get behind. Yes, yes, please. We talked that that might be might be better than Paul George. Excuse me, better than the Paul George thing. Hundred percent, yes. Yeah. So supposedly when we when we got on the air earlier, you know, two hours ago or whatever, the talk was Boogie may take a two year max deal and then be kind of that falling brick for LeBron. So I'm just saying, if that happens, let's go. Because I think Boogie's max might be a little less, which means there's an outside shot that with DeAndre Jordan going to Dallas, maybe you still get to keep Julius Randle. So now you got Randall, Boogie, LeBron, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, Wagner, Ball. I mean, that's that's, that's Thomas Bryant and maybe Kawhi. Oh, I mean, obviously you don't have Ingram if you have Kawhi, but Golden State, we're coming. We're coming. It's, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be one of those teams. I'll tell you, and, and I, I will preface this: I'm not a. I'm not a Lakers fan by any stretch of the imagination, but that would be a very fun Laker team to watch, and I understand why everybody wants the Lakers to be relevant again because it does make a lot of sense for the NBA and yeah. the fan base and everything along those lines. So I, I get it. I understand it. I'm not the biggest fan of, of the Lakers, but that would be a, a great super team to see. Now, I've already told all of you LeBron fans, who think it's cool to jump on the the bandwagon and become a Laker fan when he come? You can get your ass off the bandwagon and you can take your ass to the Clippers because we don't want you, we don't need you, we don't want all the the the. I'm a I'm a Cleveland, I'm a Heat, I'm a Cleveland fan. You can go somewhere else. Just saying that right now. Before we close, well, up, Kevin, just 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 remember. Just remember your low points and how nice it was to have fans there that uh, that understood. You try to push people out the door now, and and once that bandwagon sinks back down to where the Lakers have been, you know it's it's going to get pretty lonely. I'll tell you that much. 
Hey, hey, I said I said on my own for the worst seasons they've had in their franchise history. It can't get much lonelier than that. Yeah, you'd be surprised. I've been a Wolves fan for my whole life. I know exactly, <laughs> exactly just how low you can go. Same here. In, in Rob Palinka and Magic Johnson we trust. Uh, Kevin, before we let you go, I've been saving this all night. Uh, I don't think Nick Hagberg has been a part of this, but you have been, the listeners have been asking for it. It's time to play a game. Uber Facts, the most unimportant things you'll never need to know. Let's play a game of Uber Facts, boys. You guys ready? I'm super ready for this. I didn't even know this was happening, and I'm just, I'm so stoked for this right now. <laughs> now, Nick Hagberg, let me ask you, do you know what Uber Facts are? I do. All right, good, good. So, as always, I have four facts. One of these facts is a false fact that I've altered. Your jobs, guys, is to find out which is the altered fact. Number one, Elias Papadopoulos, an engineer, spent 5,000 euros of his own money and four weeks building free Wi-Fi hubs for a refugee camp in Greece. Number two, With the film Aaron Brockovich, Julia Roberts became the first actress to ever earn $15 million for a movie. Number three, roughly 60% of U.S. employees surveyed are convinced that they would be more productive if they had an option to work on their feet. And number four, research suggests that picky eaters often have anxious or depressed parents. Kevin. As our glorious guest, what is your answer? Before I give my answer, if Elijah's wrong, can he eat one of the jelly beans from the last <laughs> time I was in the studio? <laughs> I totally forgot about the, the bean boozled night. That was the worst day of my life. That was the... You, you see Kevin leaving the camera because he's laughing so hard. He leaves the camera. And... <laughs> I actually have some at my house. Okay, we need to before before the season starts when we do an NBA preview show. I'm gonna come into the studio and we're gonna do another Bean Boozled night because I want to watch Elijah throw up after eating five canned dog food jelly beans in a row. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm totally game. Uh, my answer in this question is uh, I'm gonna go Julia Roberts and Aaron Brockovich. I do not think she made 15 million. <laughs> All right. Uh, Nick Hagberg, what do you got? Uh, not to be boring, I was actually thinking the exact same thing. I'm, I'll go with the same same answer. Elijah. I'm sorry. I'm going to, with the same answer, too. <laughs> well, guys, with the film Aaron Brockovich, Julia Roberts became the first actor to ever earn $50 million for a movie. Is the correct answer. You guys are all winners that has never in the history of this game happened. The worst part is she actually earned $20 million. Oh, wow. Uh, Good for her. Heck yeah. (laughs) 
so I, I, you guys nailed it. You guys nailed it a hundred percent. And I am completely like, well, at do, I can't believe I was wrong on that. So I have nothing for that. Uh, Kevin, plug away everything you got for all of our listeners. Uh, so they can hear you reach out to you, touch, hug and caress you. Yeah, so I'm out uh, on Twitter at KDraves42. Uh, the Howl Radio Show is on Dash Radio uh, Wednesdays from 2 to 5 Central, Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central. Uh, we also just released a new show on the channel, the 2K League Show. So if you follow uh, uh, the NBA 2K League on Twitch, uh, you can tune into our show. We interview players every week and uh, go in-depth into games and the tournaments and everything. So it's a, it's a really cool show that we do. Uh, but tune into The Howl. Find us uh, in at The Howl Radio. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can track us down. And, uh, yeah, we're it's a great show. We're just wrapping up our, our third season here and uh, getting ready for the, the free agency and, and uh, summer league. I can't wait. I can't wait. You are 100% on. We will have another boon, uh, Bean Boozled Challenge evening. It's going to be glorious. Kevin, thanks so much for coming on tonight, chatting it up. We will talk soon and get that set up, man. Thanks a lot again. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, we'll see hey. Kevin Draves. Kevin Draves, ladies and gentlemen. Um, damn, Corey Hansford is trying to call in as Blog Talk will not allow him to call in. Damn. <laughs> Won't let more calls since we are past our showtime. Corey, no. I, know. I, was I like, don't know. Well. I just wanted to talk Lakers. Um, Blog Talk guys, is Thanos, Corey. <laughs> I sent you guys a picture of uh, Paul George getting... um. Getting Thanos. Getting the lap dance. <laughs> no! <laughs> <laughs> Angry's like, get it! <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, you know what? I'll make a hot take right now. You, you'll be racing LeBron's uh, pitcher later this week, but that's no, that's my personal opinion, but you know what? I guess we'll just see what happens. <laughs> Ryan's Ryan's getting a, getting a LeBron tattoo if he comes to L.A. book it. <laughs> yeah, Corey that, would completely, that would completely reverse everything you know he's ever said in the past. So, you know, I, I'll be giving you sh- I'll be giving you shit for that one for a while. <laughs> to be fair, I said if this dude ever comes to the Lakers, team before player, team before player. That's good. That's good. I will. I will respect that. I'll give my ass a Boogie Cousins jersey. How about that? No, hell no. That's I'm better. getting a LeBron jersey, and I'm rubbing it in everyone's face that we got LeBron. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'm like, LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James. I'd be all over that. People look at me thinking this right here. We appreciate y'all sticking with us. Uh, we're going to try to get Corey on Tuesday. Since since we have a miscommunication and he's trying to get on with us, we appreciate Corey Answer trying to get on. Shout out to Michael Whitlow, Ty Windish, Ka- uh, Kevin Draves, the whole 
whole core group, everyone coming on talking. It was so exciting. It was a great time. Uh, before we close out, Nick Hagberg, anything you want to plug? Anything I want to plug? No, you can just no. You know what? Just listen to my segment every week. You know, you, you, you know. I I think the model should that. I mean, we talk about you know future stars, future shit. You know, that's that's pretty much what it is. You know, I hit on some, I miss on some. So hey, the king of the get to know. And by the way, Nick had stopped doing the get to know him for a minute, and I told him I said, hey, if you want to keep doing them, you could do them. And he said, should I? I said, you're one of the more requested segments. Okay, I'll do it. And then he was on here, and Jordan was on the show, and he's like, "I for the NBA or the NFL draft." And he's like, "I miss your get to know him." And I'm like, "I told you, I told you, they get to know him's an ordeal." And now we get get to know him every week. It's fantastic, Nick. Thanks for coming on tonight, giving us giving us your time here. Um, we'll have to we'll have to do more, obviously. Well, we'll be seeing Hagberg soon because we got our fantasy draft coming up. I got to reclaim my throne that I lost to stupid Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. Hey, hey, if David Johnson stays healthy the whole year, you know, you know, you still got to remember, still got David Johnson, Michael Thomas for uh, one more year. True. So. That's true. Elijah, anything you want to plug? Yeah, check out uh, Strong Style Media page on Facebook. Uh, Standing Eight Count Radio. We do Ryan and I. Boxing show Sundays, 10 p.m. Uh, we do that, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, I, I realized I did not tape the uh, Zerto fight tonight. <laughs> Whoops! After I heard Whoops. there was a fight of the year candidate on the undercard, so I'm gonna try well, to get on my under machine. Maybe 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 we'll maybe we'll move because I won't be working as much this week because I have some time off, so. Well, Maybe we'll, 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 get, we'll get standing eight count to you guys soon. Um, WrestleCast may flop with SportsCast this week as Alex is going to be at Monday Night Raw. Uh, he's going to be doing Lucky. some network. <laughs> it's in Soot Falls. So we'll, we, we, got a, we got a hodgepodge of shows this week. We'll see what happens with everybody. Uh, once again, we thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We dropped some bombs. Kyle Winnis dropping his, his big old where they go. Kapoya! Kapoya! Nick Hayberg, always a pleasure. I'm glad you're on. It was a pleasure talking to you. I don't get to talk to you enough as much as I used to. I miss you. It was great talking to you. Mr. Elijah McNeil, it's always a pleasure. I'll be seeing you on Wednesday, sir, if I don't talk to you soon before that. For everybody else, Keep tabs on the on the Facebook and the Twitter. We'll have some info for you. We got multiple shows coming up this week. LeBron to LA. LA Braun. LeBronjulis. You know the deal. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Peace out, everyone.